Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. And it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water, or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try two times faster. And like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code my curious colleague and don't forget to use the special link in my show notes welcome to the my curious colleague podcast with your host me denise finnery we'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities so if you like CPGs, like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Carla Baynard, a longtime consumer care leader. Hi, Carla. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Denise. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Let's start with maybe you sharing a bit about yourself and your career. Sure. I partner with clients and colleagues across various industries to create strategic solutions, primarily for customer service. Um, my current role today is at Nipper Health. I'm a director of client services, and I lead a team of contributors that consist of account managers, program managers, and analysts. And what we do at Nipper is we manage our pharma clients' uh, sample accountability and field reps. And so from all points in between, we will either track their inventory or we'll guide their um, field reps to make sure they're following the proper procedures to stay FDA compliant. You've been a trusted colleague in the um, consumer service, consumer care space, and you're very modest. I mean, you've worked through... And across a lot of different industries other than pharma. So you you and I worked in CPG together, and I know you were in healthcare and a little bit of nonprofit. So what's juicy about that is I think you're going to have this really great point of view and a good perspective into 
uh, you know, guiding our listeners, what is that one transferable skill um, across all these industries that really helped you to be successful? That one transferable skill, Denise, is leadership. And you, you sort of teed it up beautifully because it's the one thing that I carried across fulfillment, across contact center, whether it was for pharma clients, food and beverage, and healthcare. Um, and so I thought, you know, today would be a good opportunity for me to share with the listeners the qualities of leadership and actually give some practical tips as well. Perfect. Well, you want to get into it? You know, I mean, you and I talked, I know you've got um, <laughs> some thoughts and then you even got a little litmus test that you've lived by. Do you want to, you want to get into, yeah. get into that? Yep. Let's just jump right into the litmus test. Okay. Um, so as I mentioned to you when we were talking um, before the recording, that some years ago I was listening to a CD on leadership and one of the things that they said a good leader is, or the questions that you're asking subconsciously is, do they like me? Will they help me? And can I trust them? And so I'm listening to this in a car, so I didn't write it down, but yet I remembered it because when you d- delve deep into it, we do this all the time, whether you're aware of it or not, you're saying, will this person help me? Or do they even like me? Can I trust them? So I wanted to take a moment and talk about those three things. It's what I mm-hmm. use to gauge myself, but I, I guarantee you, you're using it to gauge your leaders. Uh, so talking about like doesn't necessarily mean best friends or trying to be a buddy, but really when you're talking about leading, you're leading people and people can sense, you know, if you have their best interests at heart. So that's really where the term like falls in. And that's kind of sort of what you're using to gauge your effectiveness And uh, when you're having the one-on-ones with your team, are you listening and are you engaged with them? Do they pick up the vibe that you're busy and, you know, they're an afterthought? Or do they feel like they have your undivided attention? Again, that's where that word like as far as as part of the litmus test comes in. The help, uh, again, I'm going to use the framework of the one-on-ones. When you're in those one-on-ones, it's your opportunity to convey to your direct report Hey, listen, if there's, you know, if your plate is full, I'm willing to roll up my sleeves, get in the trenches with you. Uh, Is there an opportunity for me to guide you? In essence, can I help you? And then the final thing, really, if you're fulfilling the first two, it really leads into the last one, which is trust. Because the trust part of the litmus test is, do do you have integrity? Are you a person of ethics? Can you can you ask your team or would your team say when you're not there that you are ethical? But all of that comes into play if you're hitting the first two points, because they know that when they're in that one on one, they're in a safe place with you. And a lot of times on the one on ones, we'll get into this a little bit later when I talk about attributes. Your job is really to kind of listen and not so much direct and command all the time. But you want to have your listening ears on because in those one on ones, There'll be things that are said that will help you uh, be an effective leader of that individual. So again, it's like, help, and trust. Do they like me? Will they help me? And can I trust them? And uh, I guarantee you, if you can say resounding yes to that, that, then you have an effective leader. Yeah, I like that. That aha there where it's not only, it's not only, you can think of, 
of yourself and and take the litmus test and see how you how you sort of track um, against it. But it's also your people are using that, whether they realize it or not, to subconsciously you know assess you as as a leader. I, I think I might have interrupted you. There was there something else you wanted to say about the attributes? I mean the um litmus test. We're gonna well, you know, we like to get into the details, so I'm gonna probe just a little bit back to the to that litmus test um for some actionable tips. So that that first one, do they like me? So, you know, it's not it's not um what it is, I should say, is you know, do you get along with people? And are you self-aware? I know um, you would share that with me. So maybe what are some things people could do to help them understand and be more self-aware? Is there a test out there, books? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, there's always the test to tell you your um, where your strengths are and what type of person you are. Um, but the best test is, you know, the interactions with the people okay. themselves. Um, going back to the like part, you know, one of the things I tend to do is I get feedback. So it's important as a leader, not only to give it, but to receive it. And so I tend to say, how am I doing? Or, or did I get that right? It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be a long survey. Uh, you can do it on the fly at the end of yeah. every one-on-one. I don't always do this, but at the end of every one-on-one, take a pause and say, did I get that right? Or am I understanding? Or, you know, get some feedback before you end your call yeah. or your interaction. That goes a long way into the like factor because it's not all about you. You're pausing to ask your direct report, your employee, your teammate, you know, for some feedback. Uh, Regarding help, um, the steps there are just, you know, you know what it is to have to fill in, just do it. Um, A lot of times what I tell my team is, you know, if there's something going on or if you need to take a doctor's appointment, and you have a call coming up, I'm willing to jump in and take that call for you. I'm willing to facilitate a meeting on your behalf. It's those practical things that you do um, that let people know that you're willing to help because you can say it all day long, but it's what are you doing? And so you want to lead by example and roll up your sleeves and where you can, especially on the low hanging fruit, it's going to pay in dividends if you, if you show and demonstrate help. And the trust factor is, you know, people will know if you are, if they're only telling you and it gets out into the office, they know that you're the one that can't be trusted. But if they know that they told you something in confidence and it stays within the confounds of your one-on-one, that's the best way to prove that you're trustworthy. So again, these are basic things, but before I even delve into the attributes, I challenge the listeners Mm -hmm. to ask that of themselves. And also run your leaders through that test as well. And then you'll know. <laughs> That's what I do. Great, great idea. Great idea. Now I know that you borrowed that and adapted that litmus test, which I love. Um, and you've lived, you've lived this leadership. So, um, and you have some thoughts on this. I know. What are the attributes of a leader? let's get right into it. So, you know, people like to use acronyms and uh, I didn't have to tell you the little, the background. It wasn't like I sat down and said, oh, let me think of a word for, you know, some attributes or for L and let me think. I didn't do that. I was just brainstorming. What are some of the elements I think a good leader has or, or is? And as I was brainstorming, 
it formed a word. I won't tell it. I won't reveal it until I'm done talking about some of the attributes. But the first <laughs> thing I would say good leaders do is that they listen. Good leaders listen. And, you know, full disclosure, it's not one of my best. I sometimes over, I'm over participatory. So the great thing about technology, the mute button is my friend. I put myself on mute. And that way, if I'm having a teams one-on-one, I can yeah. really hear what they're saying. Um, but not only do good leaders listen, uh, good leaders learn, you know, we're always earlier. I mentioned how I got that litmus test was I was in my car listening to a CD on leadership. And so good leaders learn. And one of my favorite authors, I'm always reading and I'm always listening to something, but, um, John C. Maxwell is fantastic when it comes to leadership. And he talks about, you know, good leaders learning, but he also talks about good leaders making the time and taking the time to think. So as you're, you know, learning, that's a tip I picked up Mm. that, you know, just doesn't always come. You have to make the time to make things happen. And I wouldn't have known that had I not taken the time to learn. So we listen and we learn, but not only do good leaders listen and learn, um, we also inspire. And so you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but, you know, you've had some bosses where you're like, oh, man, I got to go to that one on one. You don't want that to be the case with you. You want your people to want to be there. The one on one is their time. But are you inspirational? Do you cause them to can't wait to get to you? That's what good leaders do. And they not, you know, they inspire with words of encouragement and they ex- inspire through their own modeling of the behavior. And so not only do we, you know, listen and learn and inspire, but we influence and influencing can be for the good or the bad. I I always say, use your powers for good because people are watching us. You know, what kind of impact are you having in your small sphere that's been given to you? Um, Are you influencing your folks to be good corporate citizens? Um, Okay. So I said, we learn, we listen, we inspire, we influence. Also, we focus. You know, at the end of the day, we're at an organization to meet the company objectives. And so you can't meet your company objectives if you don't focus on the task at hand. Uh, A lot of times for me, what I do is I try to divvy up my day to make sure I'm able to hit the objectives. So maybe in the morning, here's some other tips. Maybe in the morning, as a designated, I block out time to focus on just email making sure I get through my email. Then the meat of my day, I might have my one-on-ones and my client meetings. And then at the tail end of my day, I recap. I go back through my checklist and I make sure that I hit the objectives. So it's very important that you don't forget and lose sight. You know, being a good leader isn't just there to be, you know, just because you're looking for something to do. It's there ultimately so you can achieve your company's objectives and encourage your, your team to do likewise. So what did I say? We, we, listen, we, we listen, we learn, we inspire, we influence, we focus, and we fulfill. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I heard you hitting the list. Fulfill on the promises that we made. made is one, one aspect yeah. of that. As- that absolutely. That's exactly right. We fulfill our obligations to our clients. We fulfill the promises we make. We help fulfill the corporate objectives with by being in the trenches with our team. And so there's so many things we do in a course of a day uh, 
to fulfill. We, we even fulfill the request of our clients and of our members. And so again, that's what we do. And I want to wrap it up with two more attributes. Not only do we listen and learn, not only do we inspire and influence, focus and fulfill, we also teach. Good leaders take the time to teach. And if you want to go full circle to the litmus test, when you take the time to teach, that helps to answer that question, will they help me? So you always want to get in a posture of demonstrating how to do something, especially when you're trying to help your team uh, fill your shoes. If that's something they're aspiring to be is a leader in their own right, or they want to climb the corporate ladder, you want to be able to show them how to do it. And so teaching is part of being a good leader. And the final piece is telling. We not only teach, we tell. And telling in a sense of giving that feedback obviously telling important messages in a sense of communicating what we're trying to achieve for a time period. But we also want to tell them praise. We want to give them when they're doing a great job. We don't want them to just think of that they're doing a good job. We want to confirm it by telling them you're doing a good job. So again, I don't know if you were writing these down, but if you were, you'll see that the acronym that I came up with, with these, these attributes is actually the word lift. And I really, truly, honestly fell into it because I was just brainstorming things we do. And it, it comes out to be leaders learn. We, we lift when you put it all together. So I'll pause. I know you, you I see the brain waves yeah. going in your head. You look like you may have some more questions of me. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you, you took us through the acronym LIFT, L-I-F-T pretty thoroughly with, um, you know, a, ne- a sense on which each, each one. And I think you got to love a good acronym. You um, yours is brief and I understand, you know, there's two per, per letter there. Um, but it's easy. And even the phrase lift as the acronym brings all sorts of imagery to me, uh, you know, lift me up. There's some religious overtones, but just, you know, it, it just, it's all good. And I think it's a great way to, to remember. Um, and kudos for you for falling into that. <laughs> now, I want to talk about something that, yeah, my brainwaves, thinking about myself here. I've had roles where I've had a small team of direct reports. And I've had roles where I have no direct reports, but I'm collaborating heavily with, say, a third-party contact center. And so you know, often I tend to wonder, all right, what happens when you're someone that doesn't have a team of direct reports, or maybe you're on a board, right? You don't have direct reports on on a board, a volunteer board, perhaps. Can a leader stand out there or can you become a leader in those situations? Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if you ever, even if you think back to high school or college or maybe in your church organization, people are so quick maybe to nominate you for something. And you're wondering, why are they always picking me? Because you may not think that about yourself. You know, when I look at you, the Denise I remember, and I want to date us, but we go way back. uh, The Denise I remember was a behind the scenes, not in front of the camera type of person. You were behind the scenes, you know, supporting those that were visible. But look at you today. I would have never known. But generally, when people are kind of gravitating to you and sort of 
volunteering volunteering your services they're telling you something you you know i have the seeds of leadership already in you but to get directly to the point anyone can lead like i said you don't need a title uh leaders have followers not necessarily titles that way you can lead from your cubicle you can lead from your podcast you can lead in your community you can be a leader on the board where you're doing those things in the acronym you know you're learning you're lifting you're inspiring all those things but the ultimate thing is people are willing to follow you because leaders have followers um i often tell people when i'm sitting down i can manage an account i can manage a portfolio but i'm leading people and so and 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 i used to tell this to my sons you know be a leader not a follower you know but that's not always good because sometimes to be a, a good leader you have to be a good follower so you know but right where you are while waiting on a, a title or a position find a way to uh bring the skills that you have to the table to get people to follow your lead and be a good participatory person or a good team member or good if it's a sports team, whatever, you know, but you can take those skills and do that. And I actually came right. up with some tips, some specific tips on how to get started on that because one may say, okay, I, I want to lead, but I'm not sure if I can do it. I tell people the best time is don't wait for the title because when you have a title, then you're held accountable. When you don't have a title, people are a little bit more forgiving if you're making a mistake here and there in a volunteer, voluntary role. So here's some tips I, w- I would say to get you... Um, into a leadership position or just to get you uh, organized in a way where you're, you're honing in on your leadership. The first thing is you have to get in the game. Uh, Again, you know, we use those, those antidotes about life, not being a spectator sport. You have got to raise your hand and put your toe in the water and and step off the bench, whatever metaphor you want to use and get involved. And (laughs) one of the ways you can, one of the ways you can do that again is volunteer. You can volunteer. Um, the next thing and point number two, in terms of tips on honing your leadership skills, actually, this could be tip number one, and that is really find a good mentor or become a mentee. You know, if there's someone in your community, is there someone, and it doesn't always have to be someone, you know, because use your resources. Um, you and I were members of SOCAP society of consumer affairs professionals. And many years ago, I met a lady who connected me with a woman who had her own call center because of my background with call centers, but I had never met an owner of a smaller call center business. And we reached out on LinkedIn and had coffee. And I learned so much from this woman, very practical things. So again, honing your leadership skills means you got to get involved, raise your hand, but also find someone where you can become a mentee and kind of just walk in their shoes and you can follow them as they show you the ropes of leadership. Um, and the final thing I would say is course correct quickly, you know, learning to, when you make a mistake as a leader, uh, one of the things is don't be afraid to be vulnerable and say, I made a mistake. Don't be afraid because people know it's so no need you trying to hide it. But the main thing you want to do is fix it quickly and move on from there. So we're not infallible. Good leaders are not infallible. But what we learn how to do almost like breathing is course correct quickly. So those are three things. We can sit here all day long and come up with a lot. But those are the three things that have helped me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's get in the game or or volunteer. Um, Find a good mentor. Be a good mentee. Reach out. 
the, and it's so easy now with LinkedIn, but also with a membership group like SOCAP, Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals. And then I love that, be, you know, it's sort of like course correct. The corollary of that is be willing to fail. Um, but course correct is the tip and course correct quickly. Yes. So love those, love those. Carla, we're coming to the end of the podcast, sadly. I'm wondering if you have a nonprofit organization that you'd like to give a shout out to. I do. It's United Way. Um, I thought about it because I, I have my hands in everything. I, you know, I, I help out sometimes with the food bank and, you know, I always want to help children. I always want to help women that are, you know, especially if they're in an abusive relationship or trying to flee an abusive situation. And so when you had asked me in advance to prepare, it was very hard for me to nail down one particular organization. And then it hit me the United Way because they have their tentacles yeah. in everything. And they really will, they make it easy for you to support them. You can direct your dollars or you can let them direct your dollars. But uh, I definitely want to give a shout out to the United Way and encourage the um, folks to give to them. I love that. Is there a special chapter or it's just unitedway.org? Yeah, probably so. the URL. They're, they're, they could be, uh, they're nationwide. That's one good thing about it. But you can probably... For me, it's the greater Philadelphia chapter yes. for me, since I'm in the burbs of Philly. But, uh, you know, I'm sure you can look them up and yep. find your local chapter. That's a good reminder. That's a really good reminder. I like that one. Hey, and lastly, what's good contact info to reach out to you if folks want to chat further? Yes, definitely reach out. LinkedIn is my go-to source. Um, but you can also, you can instant message me on LinkedIn, but you can also contact me directly at cbaynard1 at gmail.com and I'll get back to you there. Um, and I, and, and I look forward to hearing from people, so don't hesitate to reach out. Oh, that's so generous of you. And thanks again for, uh, for coming along on the podcast and spending your, your Sunday with me. Appreciate it. Denise, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast, CPGCX, because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague Podcast with Denise Benito. Thank you for your time. Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and it's their hydration multiplier that's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And 
get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is Liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster, and like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off, and use code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MYCURIOUSCOLLEAGUE. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes.